What is going on, guys? Yes, we are back at it again, Fantasy Football U. This is Week 7 kickoff. In this episode, we're going to be wrapping up Week 6 football. We're going to be talking all fantasy matchups. We're going to be talking about all the games that transpired over the weekend, who to sell, who to hold, who to pick up off waiver wires. We're going to be introducing some new segments and also giving out some awards at the end of the show. There's so much to get to. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get it. Now, before we get right into the content, I do want to put out there our social media handles just so that you guys are aware that you guys can follow us and stay up to date with all the need-to-know information other than just the podcast. For Twitter, follow us at FantasyF underscore U. That's F-A-N-T-A-S-Y-F underscore U. Follow our Instagram at Fantasy Football Uni. That's F A N T A S Y F O O T B A L L underscore U N I. And also look us up on Facebook. There is a Facebook page for us, guys. It's in the group section. Look up Fantasy Football University. We're out there. Click that join button. I'll get you guys admitted immediately to get all your questions answered and be part of the fantasy football community. But without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, let's get into some of week six matchups. First up, Chicago Bears versus the Carolina Panthers. Bears win this one 23-16. The Bears move to 5-1. and one. Carolina drops 3-3. Three and three. Nick Foles, 23 of 39, 198, one touchdown, one interception. David Montgomery, 19 rush attempts, 58 yards. Also adding in four receptions for 39 yards. Allen Robinson, Five receptions, 53 yards. Teddy Bridgewater, 16 of 29, 216, and two interceptions, which is totally unlike him. Mike Davis, kind of a down week, 18 rush attempts, 52 yards, and a touchdown. And David Moore, uh, five receptions, 93 yards in this one. Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Ravens were really in control this whole game up until the fourth quarter, where Philadelphia scored 22 points. Ravens able to stop them on a two-point conversion to seal the game. Ravens win it 30-28. to Ravens move to 5-1. Philadelphia drops a 1-4-1. For the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, only 16 pass completions, 186 yards, a touchdown. But he did also add in nine rush attempts for 108 yards and a touchdown. And Marquise Brown, four receptions, 59 yards. For Philadelphia, Carson Wentz. 21 of 40, 213, two touchdowns. Miles Sanders, 118 yards on the ground. Carson Wentz had 49 yards rushing and a touchdown. And Travis Fulgham, again, continues to play well for these guys. Six receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Now let's go on to the Atlanta Falcons, the winless Atlanta Falcons, without a head coach at this point, taking on the Minnesota Vikings at 1-4. and four. Atlanta scores 20 points in the first half, score 10 points in each quarter of this game. They win this one very easily, 40-23. to 23. Matt Ryan, 30-40, 371, four touchdowns. Todd Gurley, 47 yards on the ground for him. Uh, Julio Jones, eight receptions, 137 yards, two touchdowns. Calvin Ridley, six receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. And for Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, 24-36, 3.43, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. That's going to cost you the game every single time, throwing three interceptions. 
Alexander Madison did not play well today. 10 rush attempts, only 26 yards. And Justin Jefferson, 9 receptions, 166 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Last but not least, Adam Thielen, 3 receptions, 51 yards, and a garbage time touchdown. Now moving into the AFC North. Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cleveland Browns. Steelers entered this one 4-0. Cleveland entered it 4-1. It was a really, really great game dominated by the Steelers. Steelers had a pick six just to start the game. They go up early, 10-0. Then it goes to 24-7 at the half, and Steelers end up winning at 38-7. Steelers improved to 5-0, one of the only three teams left at 5-0. And the Cleveland Browns dropped to 4-2. Baker Mayfield gets pulled due to an injury. Baker only 10 of 18, 119 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Kareem Hunt, very down game for him. Steelers kept him in check with only 40 yards rushing. Austin Hooper, five receptions, 52 yards. And for the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, 14 of 22, 162, and a touchdown. James Conner, great day on the ground, 101 yards and a touchdown. Benny Snell also added in a touchdown on the ground. And Chase Claypool added a touchdown on the ground. Chase Claypool, four receptions, 74 yards, and James Washington showing up on the scene today, four receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Now let's take a look at an absolute great game, the Houston Texans taking on the Tennessee Titans. Looking at their records, you would have never thought this would have been a great game, but Tennessee was actually losing with like 10 seconds left to go in the game when Ryan Tannehill threw an absolute dime to A.J. Brown in the corner of the end zone to force overtime. Titans, Derrick Henry just completely take over in overtime on their first possession of the game, go all the way down. Derrick Henry takes a direct snap, runs it into the end zone, shuts this game down. Derrick Henry was an absolute beast today. It was absolutely insane to watch. Deshaun Watson, though, 28-37, 3-35, four touchdowns, no interceptions. David Johnson, 57 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Will Fuller, six receptions, 123 yards, a touchdown. Darren Fells, six receptions, 85 yards, a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, nine receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And for the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, 30 of 41, 364 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Derrick Henry, the man of the day, 22 rush attempts, 212 yards, two touchdowns. Also added in two receptions for 52 yards. Uh, Fersker, Eight receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Adam Humphreys, six receptions, 64 yards, a touchdown. And A.J. Brown, five receptions, 56 yards, and two touchdowns. Now let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Cincinnati was in control in this one for majority of the first half before a complete mental collapse by them. Colts come back, score 21 points. They end up winning it 31-27. Cincinnati had a chance at the very end of the game. They were on the move, and Joe Burrow threw an interception to close this one out. Joe Burrow, 25 of 39, 313 yards, one interception. Joe Mixon, 54 yards on the ground and a touchdown. T. Higgins, six receptions, 125 yards. A.J. Green finally has a day, eight receptions, 96 yards. Phillip Rivers, 29 of 44, 371, three touchdowns and interception. Jonathan Taylor, 60 yards on the ground. And Marcus Johnson, five receptions, 105 yards. Trey Burton, four receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> now let's talk about the winless Giants taking on the Washington football team at 1-4. and four. Another close game here. The Giants edge this one out, 20-19. to 19. Washington 
took the tying touchdown, and instead of kicking the extra point to force overtime, they tried to go for two and were unsuccessful. Giants get their first win of the season, now are 1-5. and five. For Washington football team, Kyle Allen, 31-42, 280 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. J.D. McKissick, 41 yards on the ground. Terry McLaurin, seven receptions, 74 yards. And for the Giants, Daniel Jones, 12 of 19, 112 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Daniel Jones did add 74 yards on the ground. And Darius Slayton, two receptions, 41 yards, a touchdown. Now let's talk about a game of field goals. The Denver Broncos and New England Patriots game finally gets played this weekend. Denver Broncos, best player for them, Brandon McManus, 6-for-6 on the day of field goals, 18 fantasy points, and scores all 18 points for the Denver Broncos. Patriots unable to top 18 points. They only get 12. Broncos win at 18-12. to 12. Both teams now fall to 2-3. and three. Drew Locke, only 10 completions on the day and still somehow is the winning quarterback in this one. 10 of 24, 189 yards and two interceptions. Philip Lindsay, 101 yards on the ground. And Tim Patrick, four receptions, 101 yards. For New England, Cam Newton, 17 of 25, 157, two interceptions. Cam Newton also added in 76 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And James White, best receiver for him, eight receptions, 65 yards. Now moving into the Detroit Lions taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Detroit answers this one 1-3, one and, and the Jaguars were looking at 1-4. and four. Detroit basically in command this whole game, up 17-3 at the half, win this one 34-16. Detroit moves to 2-3, and three. Jacksonville drops to 1-5. and five. Matthew Stafford, 19-31, 223, touchdown, interception. DeAndre Swift, 116 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Adrian Peterson, 40 yards on the ground, a touchdown. Kenny Galladay, four receptions, 105 yards. And for the Jags, Gardner Minshew, 25-44, 243, a touchdown and a pick. And Keelan Cole, six receptions, 143 yards. Now let's talk about the New York JV Jets taking on the Miami Dolphins. Miami enters this one 2-3, and three. Jets 0-5. This wasn't even a game. I mean, this was horrific to watch, horrific for the Jets to even be out there. There was like two first downs the entire game. The Dolphins win at 24 to nothing. The Jets remain winless, the only team in the NFL without a win. Joe Flacco, 21 of 44, 186 yards, interception. Jamison Crowder, seven receptions, 48 yards. And for the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 18 of 27, 191 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Miles Gaskin, 91 yards on the ground. Adam Shasheen, three receptions, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Buccaneers, Green Bay Packers. This was supposed to be a heck of a game. It certainly was if you are a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. The Green Bay Packers started out a quick 10-0 in the first quarter, and then it was Tampa Bay Buccaneers from there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers throws a pick six. The next possession throws another interception. The Buccaneers score 28 points in the second quarter, and they score 38 unanswered points throughout the rest of the game. It's uh, it's a pretty impressive win by the Buccaneers. They answered the call, and they improved to 4-2. and two. The Green Bay Packers get their first loss of the season and fall to 4-1. Aaron Rodgers, 16 of 35, 160 yards, two interceptions. And Devontae Adams, six receptions, 61 yards. Tom Brady, 17 of 27, 166 yards, two touchdowns. Ronald Jones, 113 yards, two touchdowns. And Gronk emerging on the scene with five receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Chris Godwin coming back from injury, five receptions, 48 yards. 
To wrap up Sunday night football, San Francisco 49ers took on the Los Angeles Rams. San Francisco got absolutely embarrassed last weekend by the Miami Dolphins. Jimmy Garoppolo gets pulled at halftime. There's a lot of questions going into the week of whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback of the future, if he should lose his job. Lots of questions for San Francisco to answer. San Francisco answers the bell tonight against the Los Angeles Rams, who entered the game 4-1. and one. They beat them 24-16. Jimmy Garoppolo did look good in this one. Jimmy G, 23 of 33, 268, three touchdowns. Raheem Mostert, 65 yards on the ground. George Kittle, seven receptions, 109 yards and a touchdown. And Debo Samuel, six receptions, 66 yards and a touchdown. For the Rams, Jared Goff just didn't look so great in this one. 19 of 38, 198 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Daryl Henderson added 88 yards on the ground. Josh Reynolds, two receptions, 45 yards, a touchdown. Robert Woods, four receptions, 29 yards, and a touchdown. For the first game on the Monday night schedule for Week 6, Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Buffalo Bills. Both teams entering 4-1. and one. Kansas City up 13-10 at the half. Kansas City was really in control all of the second half. Buffalo Bills just really didn't have a chance. Kansas City really established the run game in this one. Finish this one out 26 to 17. Chiefs moved to 5 and 1. Bills dropped to 4 and 2. Patrick Mahomes, 21 of 26, 225 yards, two touchdowns. Clyde Edwards Alaire, 26 rush attempts, 161 yards on the ground. Darius Robinson. Uh, Demarcus Robinson. Five receptions, 69 yards. Travis Kelsey. Five receptions, 65 yards, two touchdowns. And for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, 14 of 27, 122 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Josh Allen also had 42 yards on the ground. And Stephon Diggs, six receptions, 46 yards, one touchdown. Last but not least, Cole Beasley, four receptions, 45 yards, one touchdown. To conclude Monday Night Football, we had the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Arizona entered the game at 3-2. and two. Dallas entered at 2-3. and three. There was supposed to be a lot of offense scored in this one, and there certainly was by one team and one team only, the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona 38, Dallas Cowboys 10. Cowboys looked horrendous in this one. Andy Dalton couldn't find any receivers. The offensive line couldn't block anybody. Ezekiel Elliott fumbles two possessions in a row. I mean, it, it was disastrous from the jump. You had everybody, everybody had a contribu- uh, contribution if you were the Dallas Cowboys and why you guys lost. Guys are dropping balls, easy catches, I mean, so on and so forth. The Cardinals wrap this one up. They move to 4-2. and two. Cowboys drop to 2-4. and four. And to believe it or not, the Cowboys at 2-4 and four are still at the top of the division, which is absolutely insane. Kyler Murray, nine completions on the night. Nine. Nine of 24, 188 yards, and two touchdowns. And to think that they scored 38 points in this one. Kenyon Drake, 20 rush attempts, 164 yards, two touchdowns. He had a nice garbage time touchdown at the very end of the game that went for 69 yards. Christian Kirk, two receptions, 86 yards, two touchdowns. He also had an 80-yard touchdown reception. DeAndre Hopkins, two receptions, 73 yards. And for the Cowboys, Andy Dalton, 34-54, 266 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Ezekiel Elliott, only 49 yards on the ground. He had two fumbles in this one. And Amari Cooper, seven receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. (laughs) Moving into our ABCD categories, those of you who are new to the podcast, 
those who receive an A-letter grade for the weekend, they exceeded expectations. These are guys that we thought played well or played beyond their potential for the given week. B is guys who had bounce back games. C is for our consistent athletes. And D is for our disappointment players of the week. First up, exceeding expectations, Deshaun Watson. We anticipated because of the way the Tennessee Titans had played against the Buffalo Bills and containing Josh Allen last week. We thought for sure that Deshaun Watson might have an unfavorable matchup heading into this one. Well, Deshaun Watson answered the bell, finishes the weekend as QB1 going into Sunday night football. 28 of 37, 335, four touchdowns, finishes with 32 fantasy points. He played solid against a good Titans defense. Matt Ryan taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Matt Ryan coming off a terrible performance last week. They fired the head coach, Dan Quinn. Not really sure what was supposed to be going on with the Atlanta Falcons. And with all the information coming out about not knowing if Matt Ryan's the future of the franchise, so on and so forth, did not think that Matt Ryan was going to have a killer day. In fact, he does. Goes 30 of 40, 371, four touchdowns, finishes with 31.6 points, finishes QB2. He played solid. He, he, he played bad last week, but he finishes solid this week. Answers the bell. He should be the quarterback of the future for the Atlanta Falcons. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Whew, this man completely exceeded expectations. I made a bold prediction last week. This guy was going to have 150 yards and a touchdown in the win against Houston. Houston with a terrible run defense. Well, he completely exceeded those expectations with 212 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, adding in two receptions for 52 yards, averaging 9.6 yards per carry. Unreal. Finishing with 40.4 fantasy points. I mean, absolutely insane. You can't can't ask much for it, more than that. DeAndre Swift, he's been kind of up and down. For the Detroit Lions, finishes RB2 on the day, 27.3 fantasy points, 14 rush attempts, 116 yards, two touchdowns, average per carry, 8.3 yards. It's, a, it's another great output if you're DeAndre Swift. Moving on to Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson thought for sure he was going to have a good day against the Atlanta Falcons defense, considering how bad they are against wide receivers on the season. Did not anticipate him having that good of a day as he did. Finishes the day, nine receptions, 166 yards, and two touchdowns, 39.6 fantasy points. Finishes the afternoon as wide receiver one. Continues to play well for the Minnesota Vikings, but I just did not expect him to have this big of a day. Julio Jones on the other side of the ball, playing against Minnesota. Everybody thought Julio was washed up, that his hamstring was going to be the end of his career, so on and so forth. He answers the bell. Eight receptions, 137 yards, two touchdowns. Finishes the afternoon with 37 fantasy points. Excuse me, 33.7 fantasy points. Wide receiver two on the day. Will Fuller V, wide receiver three on the day. 24.3 points. Six receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. For Will Fuller... I just didn't think that he was going to have a great day, given the fact that he has been not struggling, but that Tennessee's defense had, had was really stingy this last week against Buffalo. Just thought for sure that they would shut down Sean Watson and Will Fuller. Turns out he ends up having a day. Good for Will Fuller. First year, Tennessee's tight end. This wasn't Juwano Smith in this one, folks. Anthony Fersker. 25.3 fantasy points. Tight end one on the afternoon. 
eight receptions, 113 yards, a touchdown. This kid only had nine receptions on the year coming into this game, and he had no TDs. So this was clearly his best day of his career so far. Trey Burton, 21.9 fantasy points, tight end two on the afternoon, four receptions, 80 yards, a touchdown, one one rush, one yard, a touchdown. He's only played in three games so far. He's only had seven receptions so far with 49 yards. So clearly the best game of the season for Trey Burton. Now let's hand out some B grades. Those kids who bounce back this week. First and foremost, A.J. Green, playing Indianapolis, had zero points, 1.3, 8.6 points in the last three fantasy games. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. This guy was fantasy irrelevant. He can pick up, up on basically any waiver wire at this point. Everybody is just all off on A.J. Green. Well, finishes wide receiver 12 this weekend. In week six, with eight receptions, 96 yards, getting him 17.6 fantasy points. Keelan Cole, playing Detroit, last three games, 10.7 fantasy points or under. This weekend, finishes wide receiver six, six receptions, 143 yards, 20.3 fantasy points. Phillip Rivers has a nice bounce back game for him. Only throws one interception in this game, which is totally unlike Phillip Rivers. Usually it's two or three. Finishes the afternoon, 24.7 fantasy points, QB 6 on the afternoon. Last two games, only 5.6 and 11.2 fantasy points. So clearly a much better game from Phillip Rivers. Carson Wentz finishes the afternoon as QB 3. Last week, only 17 point, uh, 17.4 fantasy points, 2 TDs, 2 interceptions. This week, 29.4 fantasy points with two TDs and zero interceptions. So nice little bounce back game from Carson Wentz. And last but not least, Hayden Hurst. Last three games has not cleared 10 points. 2.8, 9.1, 1 points. This week, nice week, 15.7, finishes his tight end five. Four receptions, 57 yards, and a touchdown in the win over Minnesota. Now let's talk about those consistent guys. Love them. Always note them. This is the most important part of these grades is the consistency of these guys. First up, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown finishes the weekend wide receiver four against the Houston Texans. He's coming back from that ankle injury as of Tuesday. Tuesday, he has a great game. Goes for 21.2 fantasy points, seven receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown on Tuesday against the Buffalo Bills. Comes back in this one. Goes five five receptions, 66 yards, two touchdowns, and finishes with 22.6 fantasy points. Absolute consistent guy. Look for him to be extremely consistent for the Tennessee Titans throughout the remainder of the season. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver five on the weekend. Last two games, Brandon Cooks has been very consistent for the Houston Texans. Week 5, 30 fantasy points, 8 receptions, 161 yards, and a touchdown. And in week 6, 21.8 fantasy points with 9 receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Travis Fulgham played well and is super consistent right now. Wide receiver 7 on the day, 19.5 fantasy points, 6 receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Last week, some week 5, 31.2 fantasy points, and in week 4, 13.7 points. So he remains consistent for that Philadelphia Eagle offense. This is the only reason why that they're able to move the ball. So good for Travis Fulgham. Now let's talk about those disappointing games. Guys that we absolutely expected to have good days or have had consistent bad days. Let's talk about them. Mark Andrews, this guy has been up and down and down and up. Can't really get a read on him. 
or that Baltimore offense for that matter. Mark Andrews finishes the afternoon tight end 27, 4.1 fantasy points, only two receptions, 21 yards. Last week's he had, in week five, he had 17.6 fantasy points, and in week four he had 20.7. Continue up and down roller coaster if you're a Mark Andrews owner. Juwano Smith, 2.3 fantasy points this afternoon, one reception for 13 yards, finishes a tight end 32. He played a bad Houston D, and he only was able to haul in one reception. He only had two targets on the day. That's usually not like him. And it's his worst performance so far. Uh, his, his next closest performance was 11.4 fantasy points. So it was disappointing to see that out of Juana Smith, especially after having two touchdowns just on Tuesday. Robert Tanyan, man, man absolutely balled out before their bye week for the Green Bay Packers. This week finishes his tight end 22, 5.5 fantasy points. Last three games, 33.8, which was the game before their bye, 16 and 10.5. So definitely a down week for Robert Tanyan, to be quite honest. It was definitely a down week for that entire Green Bay offense. Absolutely getting smothered by the Buccaneers defense. So look for Robert Tanyan to have a bounce back week next week. Devontae Parker finishes wide, wide receiver 45 on the weekend. Three, three receptions, 35 yards. We expected a big day out of Devontae Parker against a bad Jets D. I know he leaves the four, in the fourth quarter with an injury, but I was really just expecting more out of Devontae Parker. Um, but it was just such a weird uh, game script for that game. There wasn't like any first downs. Uh, the Dolphins scored some points, but nobody had anything fantastic for statistics or anything and once they got up they just stayed there Jets couldn't move the ball so look for Devontae Parker to have a bounce back week again next week Aaron Rodgers terrible day terrible I mean he wishes he could erase this day Uh, only 3.8 fantasy points on the day totally unlike Aaron Rodgers look for him to have a bounce back week Alexander Madison we were looking for big things out of Alexander Madison with the absence of Dalvin Cook we were expecting big carries, a, a lot of yards against the bad Atlanta Falcons defense. Well, it didn't happen. He only got 10 rush attempts for 26 yards. And his best best part of his game is his, his receiving ability. Thought for sure he was going to have six, seven receptions, 40 yards or so. One reception for four yards. Finishes his RB38 on the day with only four fantasy points. Yikes. Leviscus Chenault. Another one that people were thought thought he was going to have a good day. I personally did not, so this does not surprise me. But to finish his wide, wide receiver 57 on the day, I did not expect that. Only 4.1 points, three receptions, 10 yards. Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham's another one of these characters that's constantly up and down, up and down. You can't really get a good, good read on him. Finishes on the afternoon, wide receiver 54, only 4.5 points, two receptions, 25 yards. It's the lowest I was put on the season so far. So I guess that's encouraging, but at the same time, too, I can never get a good read on when Odell Beckham's going to have a great week and when he's going to have a bad one. Mike Evans. Mike Evans entering this week has had a a touchdown reception on every single one of the games. Well, that streak has been snapped. In fact, he only had two fantasy points in this one, one reception for 10 yards. Finishes the afternoon wide receiver 72 against the Green Bay Packers. Juju Smith-Schuster with the emergence of Mapletron. Juju's been on the down, the downward trend. Only 2.6 points this week. Wide receiver 64. Two receptions for six yards. This is back-to-back games for Juju with doing nothing. All the other guys have been able to get involved. James Washington, um, Chase Claypool. I mean, even James Conner is getting some solid production out of the backfield. And Juju, for some reason, 
hasn't been able to get going. So uh, look for Juju to have a nice, nice ba- bounce back game next week. And Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, RB20 on the afternoon, only 9.7 fantasy points. He got 20 rush attempts and only 47 yards to show for it. 2.4 yards, yards per carry. Just not going to do it. Bad day for him. Hopefully you can have a bounce back week. And last but not least, Kareem Hunt, RB26 on the afternoon, 7.7 fantasy points, and only two receptions out of him for 17 yards. Now, I get it. Pittsburgh Steelers absolutely lights out in the run game. In fact, they were lights out all over the field against that Cleveland Browns offense. Look for Kareem Hunt to have a bounce back week. I don't think this sticks for very long with him. think he plays well again next week. Moving into the patience or panic segment. First up, Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster, I have some concerns about him. Given the last two weeks of production, the last two weeks he's been under 10 fantasy points. This week he only had 2.6 fantasy points, two receptions for six yards. His highest output on the season so far for yards, 69. That came in week one. So it does make me a little concerned about, about his production in fantasy. And you see how much production everybody else is getting, James Washington or Chase Claypool, where's where's Juju in all this? You know, I think it's great that these guys are getting the production, but it makes me a little concerned about Juju. So I will say this. I'm going to be patient with it for at least another week or so because I feel like Randy Fickner is going to come up with a great offensive game plan to get Juju more involved now that he's gotten involved, Chase Claypool and James Washington and some of these other guys. And he's going to work to get Juju back and more involved. These last two weeks, though, I, I've watched it. I haven't seen him get, really get targeted at all. And it's not even targets. Like It's not like he gets targeted and doesn't get receptions. He just doesn't get targeted. And so I think that you're going to see a lot more things that are developed for Juju to get him the ball, which would be great because you see it now being done for Chase Claypool. I'd really like to see them wrinkle in some of that stuff for Juju Smith-Schuster. So I will say that. And I also will say that I'm going to be patient with him, but you can't be patient with him with the expectation that he's going to be a wide receiver one for your fantasy roster or even a wide receiver two. Juju, for the rest of the season, in my opinion, is going to be a flex play. And I can't guarantee you that every week he's going to be a a must-start flex play because it's going to be really hard for the duration of the season to pinpoint which Steelers wide receiver is going to have a fantastic day. It's a great problem for the Pittsburgh Steelers to have, but not for fantasy owners. It's not a good problem at all. So I will say that if you are looking to dump Juju Smith-Schuster, don't feel bad if you have to do it to to get a big name off your roster and get somebody else that's more consistent. Totally understand, but just want to make that apparent to all you out there that own Juju Smith-Schuster. Next up, Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller, we've never even talked about this guy on the podcast. Wide receiver for the Buccaneers. He's he's not rosterable. Wide receiver 82 this week, 1.6 fantasy points. Week 5 had zero fantasy points. Chris Godwin's back now. They have emerged Gronkowski into this offense. You've even seen plays designed for Gronkowski in this offense this past week against the Green Bay Packers. Don't think that Scotty Miller is even worth a roster spot. He might be worth the roster spot, I guess, if you got some seriously deep benches. But he's definitely you can't can't consider playing him moving forward. Antonio Gibson, 
guy that I talked about last week, what I was really concerned about, that I thought needed to have a good game to keep his reps, and didn't play that great. He finished with 9.5 fantasy points, RB22 on the afternoon, 9 rush attempts, 30 yards, 4 receptions, 25 yards. I'm panicking. I'm panicking, I'm panicking, I'm panicking. Guy by the name of JD McKissick is stealing his snaps. Last two weeks it's been happening. I feel like it's only going to continue and increase until one of them gets hurt or this is going to be the system. Like a lot of the systems around the NFL, there's two running backs. And J.D. McKissick is going to be more of the passing down role running back. J.D. McKissick finishes RB10 on the afternoon. Eight rush attempts, 41 yards. Six receptions, 43 yards. Finishes with 14.4 fantasy points. So I don't... I'm concerned and I'm panicking if I'm an Antonio Gibson owner. I don't know if I can play him or trade him, do something with him, but definitely think about it. Cam Newton. Cam Newton, QB 21 on the year, 89 fantasy points. Those of you doing the math at home, yes, he's only played four games. Yes, that averages out to like 22 fantasy points per week. Sounds like a great number, but let me hit you with some other numbers. He's got four passing touchdowns on the year. Five rushing touchdowns. He's only completed 79 passes, which is 30th in the NFL. Now he's got 45 rush attempts, which is second in the NFL. And he's got tied for the first amount of rushing touchdowns in the NFL. So what's that tell you? Those numbers tell me that he's being used more as a running back than as a quarterback. And for most of us, we're like, well, yeah, that's Cam Newton. That's what he's supposed to be used as. But what concerns me and makes me panic with Cam Newton is the fact that the Denver Broncos were able to shut him down. Shut him down. He couldn't, couldn't move the ball through the air. He had no touchdown, no, no touchdown passes, had one rushing. But if, if you're holding Cam Newton to one you know, rushing touchdown a game, he's useless for fantasy. He's useless. You know, he might be good for 15, 17 fantasy points, but it's Cam freaking Newton we're talking about here. We want more things out of Cam Newton. The rushing ability is great, but we want those six point or four point or five point or however many points your touchdowns are in fantasy. You want those points. We don't just want him for his rushing ability. So yes, I am panicking with Cam Newton. I feel like a lot more teams are going to take into consideration Cam Newton's running ability and make them pass the ball against them. I don't think that the New England Patriots have enough at the wide receiver position to be good enough to consistently beat teams. And if you shut down Cam's legs, you'll probably see that a lot of teams can beat New England. Moving into our be bold and hold or sell them while they're hot segment. First up, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst played in Minnesota. He finishes the afternoon tight end six, 15.7 fantasy points. Four receptions, 57 yards, a touchdown. I'm going to say sell for him. His longest reception on the day was 35 yards, that 35-yard touchdown. So he only had three receptions for 22 yards outside of that. Hayden Hurst also only has one game above 10 points on the season thus far other than this week. And Atlanta scored 40 points in this one. They're not going to do that every week. Um, so it's not totally out of the blue that he had a good week this week, seeing that they scored 40 points. But they're not going to do that every week. So I'm not bought in on Hayden Hurst. Rob Gronkowski, Gronk tight end four in the afternoon, 18.8 points. Before this week, Gronk wasn't much of a factor. But I'm actually going to hold on to Gronkowski. Obviously, with the injury to O.J. Howard a couple weeks ago, there was some talks about, you know, and, and play by Cameron Brait playing better. And I know I've had several conversations about Gronkowski and what 
what his deal is in this offense. This was the first week I was able to see Gronkowski really get involved in the offense, and there were specific plays drawn up for Gronk. There were several plays where it was fade routes that he used to do in New England with Tom Brady, just corner of the end zone stuff, which was really great to see. It looked like vintage Gronk. So if I'm out here... And I got Rob Gronkowski right now. I'm actually going to hold on to him. I really do think coming down the stretch here with his gameplay, if he can continue to play like he is and they get him more involved in that offense, that Brady's going to continue to look for him. I mean, that's his safety blanket right there. Gronk, eight targets in this game. Highest target output so far for the season. So that is encouraging. Gronk last week had seven targets. So there are some more targets coming Gronk's way. I would hold on to Rob Gronkowski. Chase Claypool, wide receiver, 11 on the day. Four receptions, 74 yards, a touchdown. Played really well for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Five touchdowns in two weeks. I'm going to hold Chase Claypool. You probably just scooped him off waivers, but I'm going to hold him with caution. Now, here's, here's my only concern, is that Chase Claypool has not done anything yet with Deontay Johnson fully healthy. Deontay Johnson hasn't been in the lineup the last two weeks. I'm very curious to see how his production is impacted when Deontay Johnson's fully healthy and when they get Juju more involved in this passing offense. I mean, they gotten away from him the last couple of weeks, but there's a lot of mouth to feed there in Pittsburgh. Can't really tell when he's going to he's going to have a day or when he's not going to have a day, but it does look like they want to get him the ball early and often, and he is a difference maker with the ball in his hand. So that's my only true upside to Chase Claypool and why I'm holding on to him. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver five on the week, nine receptions, 68 yards, a touchdown. This is back-to-back solid weeks for Brandon Cooks. Um, I'm going to hold on to him, To believe it or not. You, you probably are picking him off waiver wires at this point. And if you scooped him last week and you still have him, I'd probably hold on to him. Um, last two weeks, he's had 9 and 12 targets. The previous four weeks, he had 20 total targets. So the last two weeks alone, he has more in these last two weeks for targets than he's had on the rest of the year. And, he's, and, and this is also encouraging. He also produced very well with Will Fuller playing very well and with several other players on that Houston Texans offense playing pretty well. So it is encouraging if you're a Brandon Cooks owner, I'm holding on Brandon Cooks for right now in hopes that he continues to play well for the Houston Texans moving forward. DeAndre Swift, 14 rush attempts, 116 yards. He averaged 8.2 yards per carry. Per carry in this one. Great, great averages. Two touchdowns on the day. His average yards per carry on the season right now is 6.3 yards per carry. Yikes. So I'm going to say hold with DeAndre Swift. My only concern with him, though, is is that he's only got 26 rushes on the season. 26. That's not a lot. They've been using him more in the passing game, letting Adrian Peterson just eat it up on the ground. But I think this was a real coming out party for DeAndre Swift. I think that uh, Detroit needs to get him more involved, not just in the passing game, but in the running game, and really start to focalize this offense through DeAndre Swift. Ronald Jones, RB3 this week. 23 rush attempts, 113 yards, 4.9 yards per carry, and two TDs. I'm holding. I got Ronald Jones a couple weeks ago off waivers. He's had three games over 100 yards in the last three games. 
He's established himself as the lead back there in Tampa Bay, and you can tell that they want to get him the ball. I like Ronald Jones. think he's a must-hold at this point. think he can be very serviceable for you moving down the stretch. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, QB3 on the afternoon, 27 fantasy points. 21 of 40, two TDs, five rushes, 49 yards, and a TD. I'm saying sell on Carson Wentz still. I haven't bought back in that he is an elite quarterback. I don't believe that people should be picking him off waivers at this point. He only completed fifty, you know, just above fifty percent of his passes. He's he's literally completing just about fifty percent of his passes for the season thus far. I'm not totally bought in. Zach Ertz gets hurt this last week. I mean, this offense is going to have literally nobody out there for Carson Wentz. I'm not bought in. Um, this was his highest output on the season so far was 27 points. So I'm not, I'm not in on him. Don't pick him up and sell him if you have him. Now I want to talk about some waiver wire finds that you guys can possibly find this week for week seven. First up on the list, Trey Burton. Now I know Mo Alley Cox has been the streaming option for the Indianapolis Colts tight end core. However, Trey Burton has had a solid couple games that he's played this year. Three games so far, averaging 11.3 fantasy points with Mo Cox sidelined. Trey Burton seems to be the number one tight end for this Indianapolis team, and Phillip Rivers seems to be going him going to him pretty often. So I would pick up Trey Burton. I don't know if I'm going to start him. I'm not completely sold on him yet, but if he's out there and you're in need of a pinch, uh, for a bye week, I would be considering him as a top wa- waiver wire pickup this week. J.D. McKissick, uh, he's been stealing a lot of the carries from Antonio Gibson over in Washington. He finishes RB10 this week. He's evolving in that Washington offense. think he's a good pickup this week, especially in uh, PPR leagues. Darren Fells, tight end 14 on the year for the Houston Texans. Uh, he came. He had this week 20.5 fantasy points, last week 13.7, so a good couple weeks for him. Again, if you're searching for tight ends that are hard to come by out there that are consistent, Darren Fells might be a good option to grab. Matt Ryan. Saw Matt Ryan on a couple waiver wires this week. I'm not sure exactly why. I know people haven't been satisfied with his production so far this year, but if he's out there, he's on your waiver wire, I'm suggesting you guys pick him up. You can see the energy that he brings after being called out about possibly not being the quarterback of the future for the Atlanta Falcons. I like that about him. I like that he's got something to prove and to show out there, although his team's 1-5. I'm picking up Matt Ryan and stashing him on my bench, or I'm immediately putting him in, depending on what your quarterback situation looks like. Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay I've also seen out there on waiver wires. If Philip Lindsay's out there in your leagues, I'd suggest you guys get him. With Melvin Gordon being hurt and being sick, uh, Melvin Gordon's also facing league discipline from the NFL uh, in, in early November for his DUI. I saw that it was potentially going to be a three-game suspension, so I'd be picking up Philip Lindsay and stashing him. He had a good week this week, over 100 yards rushing. So if Melvin Gordon does actually get suspended, it'd be a nice couple-game stretch there where Philip Lindsay has a solid production in fantasy lineups. Last but not least, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is out there on a lot of waiver wires. If you didn't get him last week, definitely get him this week. 
I'm seeing a, a dramatic uptick in Brandon, Brandon Cook's offensive play. Last two games, over 20 fantasy points. I'm picking up Brandon Cooks, and I'm stashing him, especially if this Houston Texans team is going to throw the ball over the place and score a bunch of points. Now I want to take a glance at a new section of the podcast. We're going to have a buy him section. This is a section where I think you can get guys for a lower market value, and that can be impactful, especially with the bye weeks right around the corner um, or that are happening now for, for a lot of the guys. Uh, first up on the list, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, three straight 100-yard games on the season so far. Ronald Jones is also third in the NFL in rushing yards on the season. I think Ronald Jones is sitting on a lot of people's benches, maybe even out there on some waiver wires. If he's out there, highly suggest that you guys trade something minimal for him. Get him on your teams, and I'm I'm, in, I'm inputting him right in my lineup. I have him sitting on my bench, been sleeping on him the last couple weeks. I'm definitely putting him in my lineup moving forward. Chase Edmonds, 15-plus fantasy points in the last couple weeks. I'm getting Chase Edmonds. I think that he's RB30 on the year so far. Kenyon Drake's RB35, but I think that by the end of the season, Chase Edmonds is a top 17 running back for fantasy. Will Fuller V. Not many people know this, but Will Fuller V is wide receiver 9 on the year, averaging 18.7 points per game right now. Wild. Who would have ever thought that, you know, just dating back a couple weeks ago. But Will Fuller V has had a solid fantasy production the last two or three weeks. I'm going out there. I'm I'm sure Will Fuller V is sitting on a lot of people's benches. If 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 not, then they're only he's only playing because of bye weeks. I'm going out there. I'm investing in stock in Will Fuller V, and I'm putting him straight into my lineup. Rob Gronkowski, just like I mentioned before earlier in the podcast, Gronk is probably sitting on a lot of people's benches, if not out there on waiver wire. Suggest you guys go and stash him and maybe even have to play him right away, depending on what you guys have for bye weeks of your tight ends. I think that Gronkowski moving down the stretch here is going to be much more of a an offensive factor, uh, as we saw this week playing Green Bay. Debo Samuels. This kid's been out there on a lot of waiver wires I've seen. Debo, I get it. He's been hurt the last... Uh, throughout the duration in the first portion of the season. But people are sleeping on Debo. I mean, Debo is legit. And if you watch Sunday Night Football against the Rams, you saw exactly why. He's big, he's strong, he's physical. I mean, everything you like. And he's definitely the number one target there in San Francisco. I'm investing in some Debo Samuel stocks. You probably can get him for the low right now. Go and get him, stash him, start him, do whatever you got to do, but you want this man on your roster. Last but not least, Ryan Tannehill, QB9 on the year. I was able to pick him up this week off waivers. I was extremely satisfied. I, I didn't play him, but with losing Dak Prescott, I was in dire need of a quarterback. I went out, grabbed Ryan Tannehill, very happy, ninth on the year for QB points. He's averaging 23.5, which is sixth for quarterbacks on the year. I mean, it's exactly what you want. I'm getting out there. I'm going after Ryan Tannehill. Okay, now let's talk about some winners of week six. Who did this week benefit the most? First up on the list, the Buccaneers. Buccaneers lose last week to the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football. Tom Brady doesn't know what down it is. Everybody's laughing at them, saying that they, they don't know what they're doing down in Tampa Bay. This week, they have a tough bounce-back game to play the Green Bay Packers. And boy, did they put on a show. I mean, this was an absolute clinic that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put on. 38 unanswered points. They win it 38-10. to 10. 
I mean, it couldn't have been any more sure-handed than that. Great job, Buccaneers. Way to bounce back. Guys deserve that win. San Francisco 49ers get absolutely embarrassed in week five by the Miami Dolphins. It was just, it, it was devastating. I mean, these guys just looked horrific. They had to bounce back and play the Rams. They entered this game two and three, the bottom of the division. They have to play the Rams at four and one at the top of the division. They needed this game. This was like a must win for them. And it was an interdivision game. And they played like a completely different football team. Really, they really did. They took it right to the Rams. Their defense was back. They did not look like the same defense from a week ago playing the Miami Dolphins, and they won that one. Broncos, great win versus the New England Patriots. Broncos, despite throwing two interceptions and only scoring 18 points coming off of all field goals, their defense held New England to 12 points. I mean, they, they showed out. So congratulations to the Broncos to advance to two and three. And the week six that benefited the absolute most, the number one team that it benefited the most was the Tennessee Titans. The Titans up and down game. They're just lucky they have Derrick Henry. And they're lucky that the Houston Texans decided that they were going to go for a two-point conversion and were unsuccessful um, you know, to put the game away. And they had an opportunity to go down and tie the game and force overtime. The Titans not only went down the field, but they there was a controversial catch by A.J. Brown in the corner of the end zone that was called a touchdown, and they couldn't find indisputable evidence, so they ruled it a touchdown. And then in overtime, to have Derrick Henry and, and win the coin toss and then have Derrick Henry just go the length of the field and just put the team on his back, I mean, congratulations to the Tennessee Titans for staying undefeated. There was a lot that needed to go right for you guys in those last couple minutes of the game, and it did. Flipping over to the other side, the biggest losers of week six. Number one, the Cleveland Browns. They took on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was a heavyweight matchup or supposed to be a heavyweight matchup in the AFC North. Pittsburgh entered the game undefeated at 4-0 and the Browns entered at 4-1. Yikes. Did Cleveland meet its maker? Steelers held them to 75 yards on the ground, held Baker Mayfield to 119 yards passing, Steelers absolutely trampled these guys. Cleveland coming into the game, number one rush offense, number one points per game offense, held to seven points in this one. Terrible loss for the Cleveland Browns. Number two, Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati, you guys were up by 21 points in the second quarter. 21 points on the Colts. And the Colts don't have a high-scoring, high-powered offense. You guys just let them back in the game. Tough loss for you guys, but there's a reason why you guys only have one win on the season. Green Bay Packers, yikes. This was brutal. Thought this game was going to be the matchup of the day. Turns out it wasn't. The Buccaneers absolutely took it to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And the worst loser of the week, the New England Patriots. I mean, we saw the Tennessee Titans come off of COVID restrictions and not being able to be in their practice facility and so on and so forth, and their game got moved around, and they absolutely came out against the Buffalo Bills and put a beat down on them on Tuesday Night Football. New England Patriots, you guys, I mean, you guys are playing the Denver Broncos. I mean, Drew Locke is the starting quarterback. No knock on Drew Locke, but, I mean, they, they have nobody. And you guys only scored 12 points and lose. 
Cam Newton's throwing the ball and like the dirt and all over the joint. It, he did not look hot. The entire New England Patriots offense and defense didn't look great. Tough loss for the Patriots. They dropped to two and three. To wrap up, like we do every single week, let's hand out some awards. First up are top fantasy teams. These are individuals that had the highest outputs for the given week. Set up just like a normal fantasy roster. One quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a flex, and a tight end. Team number one, Deshaun Watson. Running backs, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift. Wide receiver set, Justin Jefferson, Julio Jones, Flex, Will Fuller V, tight end, Anthony Fersker, and top fantasy team number two for the given week, at QB, Matt Ryan, running backs, CEH, James Conner, wide receiver sets, AJ Brown, Brandon Cooks, Flex, Keelan Cole, and tight end, George Kittle. Last but not least, our MVP of the week goes to... Derrick Henry. It shouldn't be a surprise to absolutely anybody. Not just because he had 40 points, and I hate when people put out there, oh, this person should be the MVP because they had the most points. It's the, the impact that he has on the Tennessee Titans. The way that they could just hand him the ball and watch him go. I mean, if it wasn't for him, this team would have not won this game against the Houston Texans. He had 260 purpose yards on the day. Two touchdowns, carried them the length of the field, and scored the touchdown in overtime. I mean, what else did you want from this man? He was carrying grown dudes like children on his back. No one could tackle this guy. He was the clear MVP of the week and a clear-cut difference maker for that Tennessee Titans team. Congratulations, Derrick Henry, and congratulations to the Tennessee Titans. Staying undefeated. Good luck next week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's a wrap. This concludes week seven kickoff. We are going to be back at it. First thing Friday morning with all the need to know information, who to start, who to sit, favorable matchups, non-favorable matchups, everything that you guys need to know to get you guys ready for this weekend's games. We will have it for you here at Fantasy Football U on Friday morning. I hope that I got all the information that you guys needed to start your week seven weeks. If you guys need any information, please reach out to me and let me know with questions or anything like that. I can most certainly help you, but I'm very thankful that you guys listened to the entire duration of the podcast. You guys have been really, really great to me. The outreach has been amazing. I really look forward to hanging out with you guys first thing Friday morning. Until then, be safe. Peace.